All right, everybody, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us to get into your word to better understand why we must take up the whole armor of God and why we must prepare um, for evil days that are, are on a calendar against us. And we thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us to be able to engage and to see a little bit more about how we need to position ourselves in this warfare. With that being said, I come against any type of demonic spirit that may try to war against myself, these young people, any type of retaliation that's going to be set against my family. I counsel every plot and scheme. And we thank you, Father God, for us operating in authority. We thank you to be manifest throughout our week, throughout our lives this week. And we appreciate you for it. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So we're going to be uh, in verse 12 and 13 of Ephesians 6. Of course, we've been talking about spiritual warfare for a while. But uh, I kind of want to uh, scoop back in, in the text a little bit because I just peeped something that I haven't seen before. And, and it's a lot of revelation there. But we'll start at verse 12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And we talked about a few weeks ago how if we're wrestling against flesh and blood, we're already distracted. Like if you're fighting with your sister, fighting with your mom, fighting with your dad, fighting with your friend, fighting with a hater, then you're fighting against the wrong opponent, right? And, and we have to be mindful that in this spiritual warfare, we, uh, we're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against uh, the spiritual entities that's behind these people that's trying to get us off of our platform and our place. It says, for we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And now we have verse where we want to be at 13. Therefore, therefore, we know is a conjunction word. What, what, are, what do conjunction words do? They connect. They combine. So we see uh, that it's combining these two scriptures. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Now, therefore is a very powerful word because it says since knowing that we wrestle. Against a well-organized system, we have no choice but to take up the whole armor of God. Whether you like it or not, you are in the middle of a war. Now we got past, therefore, the, the two words that I want to focus on today is take up. What are some uh, hobbies or things that people take up? Yes. Golf. Golf. And why do you think some people take up golf? Um, it's a retirement sport. <laughs> yeah. Because people feel like, you know, that's um, the same thing that's Invest your time. A lot of business deals are made. A lot of big time business deals. So a lot of people in business, entrepreneurs, are intrigued about golf because that's where a lot of money is 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 uh, uh, transacted. What's some, what's some other things that people take up at y'all's age when people get older? What are some hobbies people take up? Cooking. Why do you why do people take up cooking randomly? Yeah, so what were you about to say? It's aesthetically pleasing. So people take up cooking because the, the ambiance, the aesthetic of it, you can set the table, you know what I'm saying? We try new recipes. So people take up cooking, sometimes randomly because of uh, health reasons. People take up cooking because of a new uh, family, you know, bigger family, that kind of stuff. What are some of the things that people take up hobby-wise and why? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of people, um, I hate to say this, but a lot of people like basketball, but they don't know how it, like, you know, how challenging it needs to be. Yeah, for you sure. You can't just say, oh, I want to play, well, play basketball, but you don't know what it really means, and you got to be skilled enough to play basketball. You can't just say that, oh, I want to be basketball, you got to be skilled, understand what you need to be doing with basketball. So a lot of people do that. Yeah, that's good. So we said golf, we said basketball, we said cooking. One more. What's another hobby or something that people take up? Uh, randomly or intentionally, yes. Uh, stock 
frustrating. And why is that? Um, because they feel like, you know, even if you're doing some uh, an actual job, picking up something on the side can uh, generate more income. So basically what we're saying is people take up things because of some reason. That's why when I read this text, it didn't say pick up the whole armor of God. It didn't say it, it almost implies the word of God, not the word of God, but the whole armor is laying on the floor somewhere. But take up means and I have a definition here. Take up means become interested or engage in a pursuit. So people take up cooking because like, oh, a uh, health concern, health conditions. People take up because you scroll on Instagram and you see all these dishes. So they're like, you know what? It's time for me to take up that. Or some people take up cooking for entrepreneurial reasons. Some people take up golf because of the benefits. People take up golf for those kind of things. It's interesting that people take up things not because of the thing they're picking up or taking up. It's because of what they're, that thing they're taking up is going to bring to them. Right. And so when we see when it says take up the whole arm of God, that means I have to have interest. I have to be in pursuit of for a reason. So taking up the whole arm of God implies that I have to understand why I must. Right. Like like this is not uh, in these categories as far as hobbies. Like these are severe reasons why I must be overly not overly, but I have to be intentionally interested in taking up this, because what are some consequences of not taking up uh, of something that you should take up? Or what is an example of something that someone should have taken up, but because they didn't take it, they didn't take it up, it caused a consequence in their life? Purpose? Yeah, so oh, that's good. So if someone doesn't take up their purpose, what are some of the consequences of miss, op, missing that opportunity? Wasting time. So, for instance, there are some significant things when it comes to purpose. For instance, I'm so glad <clears throat> that God revealed to me at 1819 the gift of writing, the gift of talking, because in those giftings, things were gifted back to me. And what is uh, unfortunate is that there possibly could be a populace in this room who is not taking the time to tap into their purpose. And then time will have passed and it'll be proven too late. There is a fear and a reality that even God gives the Kanye shrug to that is too late. It's never too late, but there are some things that's too late. What are some things that's too late? Like if I like, like, like it don't matter how much my wife loves. If I go out there and cheat, if I go out there, it's too late. Josh, you done. And that's why it's the scariest thing about cheating or the scariest thing about sin is that sometimes the curiosity of the sin, like the pre-sin curiosity is better or is more colorful than the actual act of the sin. For instance, if a person uh, entertains or wants to take up uh, sexual stuff or take up bad habits, like the pre-sin, like the pre-game, like the, like the pre-moments, it, it's, it's advertised or it's felt well better than the actual experience. So for instance, I had guys I've counseled or coached, they'll be like, man, this girl was pursuing me. She bad, Josh. I said, man, watch out, my boy. <laughs> That's not something you want to see it through. You be careful. Nah, but coach, man, nah, man. She bad. And I said, I said, man, everything looks good before you in it. And then he went on and did his thing. He said, man, about time I end up doing stuff with her, the experience wasn't as advertised in my mind. And now the guilt comes because now you got to go tell your wife. Now you're scared that if you post something online and she's going to be in the comments, 
And now the experience, which only lasts about two minutes max for some, all of a sudden now there could be a 20 year consequence. And so what we're saying is that I have to take up certain things, certain pursuits, certain interests so that I won't be having to pay a debt plus interest. Right. And that's the scary thing about purpose is that God is saying, man, you wasting your youth like I've wasted so many years in relationships, related so many years and caught up in the cloud of people's opinions of me, caught up in low self-esteem, insecurities that about the time you look back like, man, that's four years wasted. Imagine if you say, you know what? I got to take up reading my Bible more. I got to take up praying more. I got to take up uh, uh, the belt more to take up. the. And we'll talk about these different components of the whole armor. But I really want you to really in, uh, visual, visualize the severity of taking up these things. So you said purpose. What's another thing that most people avoid taking up, but time wasted proves that they should have and they have consequences? Yes. Um, a mantle that was dropped for them. Mm, expound that for me. Um, if you just leave it there and no one else picks it up and it was meant for you, then how can you work in the blessing that someone left for you? Both of those go together. Purpose and mantle. Like, there is there's one thing about purpose and mantle means like like I'm placing this on you. I've anointed you for this. I've appointed you for this. This is something that you need to take up. Take up your mantle. Take up your cross. That's why the Bible says if anyone desires to come after me, they must what? What's the first one? Deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. Your cross is your calling. What was the ultimate thing Jesus was, was the, the significant part of his mission? What was that? The cross. That's why the devil tempted. And I don't know if I said this with you all. Did I, we talk about why Jesus was tempted and not tested? Did we talk about that? Uh, doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> so here it is. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus was tested by the devil. What does the Bible say that he was? Now, what is a temptation? Something crafted, tailored. And what you say? Enticement. So the Bible says when a man is tempted, he is drawn away by his own what? Desires. And, and the way it kind of goes on from there. So when Jesus was tempted, that means that the tempter was tempting him with something that was him. What are the three temptations he was tempted with? The bread, number one. What, what, is, what is a metaphor? <laughs> what is a metaphor that is often allotted to God or to Jesus? The bread of life. So, of course, being tempted with bread is a temptation to him because he was or is the what? Bread of life. So the next temptation was what? The angels. So what was he tempted to do in that? That was tailored to him. That was that that would that would easily enticed him or was enticing. And if he jumped off, what was going to happen? And what that would have done in the skyline? If you if so, imagine you out there riding your bike, <laughs> you getting buckets outside, and and you look up and there's this 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 figure falling, and the clouds split open, and ten thousand angels come and just hey, hold on, my boy. <laughs> we can't we can't let you get hurt. What that would have done to the people looking at him? He the son of God. But if if he was deemed the son of God before the cross, 
What would have been the consequence? They wouldn't have crucified him, but what else? They would have made him king, so he wouldn't have been crucified. They would have made him king, and then what's else? What else? What's the main thing? He wouldn't be the object of salvation. So, for instance, that's why you have to carry a cross before you can carry a crown. Why is carrying a cross more significant? Why is that should be the prerequisite to being or to carrying a crown? Yes. That's why the devil always perverts the original order. God says cross, then crown. Devil says crown, then cross. The dangers of receiving a crown too early. That's why the Bible says in second, first Timothy chapter three, it talks about that young men should not be overseers because their heads will get puffed up with conceit and they will fall into condemnation of the devil. What that means is if you crown, that's why you got to be very, uh, very cognizant of the reality of heal before zeal, not zeal before heal. So meaning y'all's culture and my culture, too, because I'm at the top end. No, y'all generation is generational Z, uh, Gen Z, right? I'm the top of the millennials. Right. So from yeah, 40, 40 and down. So 40 down to y'all about 17 to 18. We can be very zealous. And a lot of us have a lot of zeal, but we haven't been healed. So imagine being so zealous and being crowned certain positions, being crowned with certain opportunities, but you haven't been through no cross. That's why I used to get mad at God. And I'm sure a lot of you all been mad at God or could be right now mad at God because you're like, God, I don't want the cross. (laughs) You took it for me. You was on the cross. So I want to be crowned. But he's saying if I crown you prematurely, the crown will be heavier than your next ability to carry it. And that's why we have to say, okay. I got to first deny myself, take up my cross and follow me. So Jesus was in the sky and, and the devil was like, jump, bro. Would not the angels come? That's why you have to know the difference between true and truth. What's the difference? True and truth. What is a big difference between those two? Yeah, that's right. So truth, I, you, I, I got you, I got you. I, I, I got what you're saying. So truth, truth says, truth can't be moved. It is the absolute truth that there's a God. There's an absolute truth, the absolute truth that all of us was born out of the womb of a woman. Is that absolute truth? Yes or no? Yeah. It's absolutely true that nobody came out of a man. Anybody come out of a man? No, nobody came out of a man, right? Everybody looking around like, okay, you like you, someone like you like you came out of a man. Anyway, <coughs> truth can't be moved. True can change. So the devil will say this. It is true that you're in a poverty situation. It is true that you fell into sin last night. It is true. But is that the truth? If I dwell on what is true and I say, you know what? I start identifying what he's saying is true. If he says, yeah, God don't love you or whatever, whatever, or you fell into sin. It is true. I fell into sin. But the truth is I'm a child of God. So it is true. And a lot of us get sunken into condemnation because they're going to be like, yeah, what I did was true. Yeah, I, I sinned. I messed up. But what does the truth say about a child? So, for instance, 
My daughter, say she's 14 years old, 15, and she comes home, and um, she's in big trouble. I just got a phone call that she did. You put it, fill in the blank, and, and, and then now I want a blank, right? And then she's home. Of course, I'm going to want to punish, right? That's the obvious thing. You punish. And at 15, I don't plan on whooping because I'm heavy-handed. I'm, I got Nigerian hands. Now, first off, not, not only, I got Nigerian strength, but country black hands. So Nigerian, I got, I got strength that no man can comprehend. That's Nigeria. That's motherland strength. That's, that's, that's from Africa. But my granddaddy, my granddaddy, black, black. My granddaddy was black. My uncles, my uncles was 6'10", 6'8", 6'6", big African, not African, big black men. My, my, see, my brother, my brother's like chiseled. So I, I got the I got my granddaddy side because I'm 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 little bigger guy. I'm just big 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 country. My brother, them Nigerians, look at James, like everybody from Africa. They, we built, they built different. You, they got muscle. They came out the womb with a six pack. You know what I'm saying? They came out the womb doing push ups on the. You know what I'm saying? So when she comes home, anyway, what I'm trying to say, is, I ain't gonna whoop, baby girl. I said I told my wife, you're responsible for whooping because, bro, I don't want to knock out if I. If I Bro, today was so funny, bro. I was like, man, you really got a Nigerian head, bro. I was, I was holding baby girl, and she rolled, and her head hit me in the lip. I said, good. <laughs> Boy, that's an empty head right there. <laughs> anyway, so she comes home. Man, what's my point? Um, punishment. Punishment. So, man, what was my point for the punishment? So she comes home. It's true what she did, but doesn't change that she's my child. So the interesting thing about us with God, sometimes we think that when we've done wrong, that he doesn't want us no more. But he's like, no, you did wrong. But who can separate you from my love? Like, imagine praying to a God that, you know, eyes is merciful towards you. Like, like I get this analogy all the time. Like, imagine me being a dad and my daughter's riding her bike and I'm yelling at her every time she fall off the bike. What type of dad is that? I already know she gonna fall. So now it's like, I, I don't just be like, get up, you trash. It's like, now nah, nah, get on the bike. And, so if we see that God sees us in a loving way, then we'll go his way and not the opposite way. Now, um, Jesus was tempted last to do what? Why was the third temptation a temptation to him? Uh-huh. But what was the devil promising after The devil tempted him to be to change stone into bread when he was the bread of life. The devil tempted him to jump off a pinnacle, pinnacle and reveal himself to the people. But he said, I don't have to reveal myself. The thing about confident people is that they don't have to be heard or seen. Their confidence is just felt. People who are insecure are the loudest. That's why they say insecure people are loud. Confident people are quiet. So if, that's why I always say this. If you hear them before you see them, don't trust them. Because they don't even trust themselves. Because if you have to advertise who you are, then you don't have what you advertise in stock. That's like going to Foot Action, going to Foot Locker, or going online and you order the product. And then all of a sudden they say that it's in stock. They got a thousand plus a million options there. And then you're the first in line. And then you place an order and they say, you know, we don't have it. We were just joking. All right? That's how a lot of people are. That's, a, a lot, that's why when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, you got to be very careful because... 
People always put their best foot forward, but check the other foot. They put their best foot, but they got holes in the other shoe. They, 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 they got crusty toes. And they, they, imagine, imagine you going, you meeting a young lady, and when she get her pedicure, she only get one foot done. <laughs> she get one foot done, and then the other foot crusted, that thing can cut through sheetrock. <laughs> her toes, bunions, bunion. You know, they, they doing their thing, right? So you have to check the other foot because a lot of us, we become so desperate to take up a relationship, but we haven't taken up our relationship with God. And there are certain things that we have to say, you know what? I have to be interested in so nothing else will catch, nothing wrong will catch my interest. That's why you have to understand the severity of taking up the whole armor of God. You, say, you, you see here it says take up the whole. You can't take up the half. You got to take up the whole. So if you're going to take up basketball, you got to take everything with it. If you're going to take up golf, you got to take up everything with it. If you want to take up business, you got to take up everything with it. People only want to take up the positive things of a thing, but don't want to take up the other things that are make it difficult. So people want to take up a marriage. They want to take up a relationship. And that's why I was helping somebody the other day about their relationship. And I was like, fam, did you not know this comes with the package? <laughs> like, do you know this what comes with it, fam? Like, bro, like you just wanted the sex. You just wanted her next to you. But you didn't really want to be sacrificial. Like you didn't really want. Like when she says, hey, I, I want to talk. You love Steph Curry more than you love her. You love the outcome of the warriors and kings. than you do her, her as your queen. You see what I'm saying? Like, you have to take up everything. So you have to take up the inconveniences. You have to take up everything. And, and when you understand this relationship with God, there's a lot to take up. Like, fam, you don't just take up every friendship. It come, do you know friends get stuff free? Friendship calls. That's why Jesus had 12, but he had three. Jesus did, and then he had, I love this, and I, I know y'all heard, some of y'all heard me say this before. But when you look at Jesus, Jesus had the Father, Jesus had the three, Jesus had the 12, Jesus had the 70, and Jesus had the crowd, Jesus had the Pharisees. Have we gone through this before for some of you all? All right, so what does the Pharisees represent? Haters. So we all got, who all got some haters? Raise your hand. Invisible, invisible. We all got some haters, right? Pharisees. What does the crowd represent? Your fans. How many of us got fans? Even if it's one man, one woman, we all got one. Cool girl, you ready? You got you got some fans, girl. Oh, I know your fans. We, we anyway, we all got fans. Now <laughs> the crowd. Now the seventy represents what? Acquaintances. Yeah, these are the people that will say, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll work with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be acquainted with you. Right? What does a twelve represent? <laughs> Friends, but not friends, right? They're, they're, your, they're your boys, but they ain't your boy, boy. You know what I'm saying? The three represent what? Closest friends. And what did Jesus do with his three? To the mountain. And what did he do on that mountain? Uh-uh. Transfigured. What does transfigure mean? <laughs> Kevin, boy, you always come through clutch. Kevin said, Kevin, once every a month or so, Kevin come in. <laughs> Look at him. So... He transfigured himself, meaning he revealed who he really was. But who, what was his most important relationship? 
God. He often, the Bible said he often went away to pray. So if you and God ain't solidified, you won't be able to know how to, you won't be able to select your three right. Because those three became one of the foundational pillars of the church. And so what we have to understand is that friendships close. Like, like I can't just take up any, like I can't, t- there's a lot of couples that want to be couple friends with me and my wife. Fam, like, no, I don't, I don't got time for uh, uh, those type of friendships. Like if you ain't trying to advance the kingdom of God, if you ain't trying to make money, if you ain't trying to really build, if you're not an iron to sharpen me, I don't, a piece of iron doesn't make friends with wood. You don't make friends with wood. You make friends with iron. Iron sharpens. <clears throat> when I be watching those people cooking, I used to, when I was young, I was wondering what they was doing. I said, what are they doing? They, they getting ready? They getting... I didn't realize they say that anything left to itself does what? It dulls. If I leave a car to itself, what's going to happen? Why they think, why they always say, you know, uh, if you don't drive a car, you crank it up every now and then. Uh, what happens when you leave food to itself? It rots. What happens when you leave yourself to yourself? You rot. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, is that even a knife what that was called to cut, if left to itself, goes dull. So then you got to say, hey, I have to take up some things to sharpen myself. So. People taking up friendships, people taking up relationships, people taking up all these different things, but not realizing there's a thing, there's a lot that comes with it. What is a half a thing that you're taking up? You know that boy half? You know that girl half? You know, you know you're half? Like, like, why would God want you to hold something that's whole when you half of a whole? So people saying, I want to hold. I was talking to the top 75, it was like 2016, I was talking to the top 75 basketball players. They was at, um, I forgot what school it was at. I got a video on YouTube. They was at, um, what's that school? Uh, not Porter Ridge, but it's some school out there. Top 75 camp, it was what it was called. And we was talking about, and um, it wasn't a Christian setting, so I had to give them that, that, that motivation, that stuff right there. And I told them towards the end, one of the most powerful moments, because sometimes when you're outside of the church element, you're almost more anointed, man. It's like church folk, they just hear you. The world people, the people be like, I hear you. Dude, after I spoke, went on Twitter and said, I felt the power of my coach, Josh. And I was like, because when you come with a power that's familiar with people, people don't respect the power. But when you come with a power that they're not familiar with. But anyway, let's get to the story. So I told them, I said, uh, a lot of you all, you want the max deal. You want to go to the league. You want to make a lot of money. But what happens when the fruit is heavier than the branch? What happens to the branch? Snaps. The Bible says he's divine and we're the what? Branches. So now you got to say, am I a strong branch or a weak branch? Because fruit is going to fruit. But what have you ever seen? They call it low hanging fruit. The fruit so heavy on that tree, the, the, the branch bends. That's dangerous. And a lot of us, we have to get that visual and say, am I whole or am I half? Because half of anything can't hold a whole thing. And when you understand that, you'll say, "Okay, I got to take up some things that's going to make me whole. I got to take up this whole armor of God. I got to take up this this belt of truth. I got to take up truth. What is it? Why is it hard for people to take up truth? 
And then we'll break down these weapons, these uh, armors a little bit later. Why is it hard for people to take up the truth? Girl, you came in. You came in the game, had your shoes in your hand. You said, I'm about to play. You came in here ready. You said, what now? Not what they want to hear. Go ahead. Say it again. Doesn't cater to them. But why must we take up the truth? Say it again. It can help. That's why I love the truth. People think like the truth hurts, but the truth don't harm. Harm means I have harming intentions. I, I'm harming you with the truth. Now, the truth can be used as a weapon to harm. And you have self-righteous people that be like, oh, you insane. And they, they hurt you with the truth. But the truth in of itself, that's why the Bible says look in the Bible. Like, look in the mirror. Like, that's the most important mirror to look in. I have to take up the Bible all the time. And you just can't read it. Like, if you only read the Bible, you're only engaging in half of what the possibility could be. You got to let it read you. You got to look at it and be like, okay, if you read, so what's something you read in the Bible that was like, ooh, that, that was on my toes, that stepped on me, that, 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 yeah, I need to change. Well, you don't got to tell me, just give me an example. Don't tell me you're busy. <laughs> give me an example. Something that's in the Bible that'd be like, man, man, I bet, I, dang, that, 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 really, that thing right there, yeah, that, that hurt. I got you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I was talking to Caleb about, like, like sports betting, like gambling to sin. Mm-hmm. And he showed me some scriptures about like you should be getting money the right way, not mm-hmm. the other way. And that hurt, why? Because all the way to like, come on. <laughs> that Lakers game. I'm free, I'm free. The LeBron. Was about to hit. Yeah, that money about to come through. I understand. But I ain't do it because he was like, it's a sin, you shouldn't do it, it's not the right way. And it the hurts. Faster you get it, the faster you gonna lose it. The faster you get it, faster you get it. You got to become a person of money in order to make real money, right? What's another thing? That you're reading the Bible, you're like, man, that, that, that stung a little bit. Um, uh, oh, go ahead, sweet. Mm. When you read past that scripture, you be wanting to jump over it. <laughs> you be like, oh, oh, that ain't for me. <laughs> Praying for those who hurt you. That hurts. Like, you mean to tell me I have to pray for... Like, Jesus will never have you do something he didn't have to do himself. Where was a moment... Where Jesus had to do that for his for the people hurting him. He said, Father, forgive them. Man, that's tough. Imagine, imagine you in the Garden of Gethsemane. And 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 listen to me real quickly. The Bible talks about two significant gardens. What are they? And who were the two people in those gardens? And you hear the Bible talks about, or you hear preachers talk about the first Adam and the second Adam. Both were in a garden. One couldn't handle the pressure. Hear me close. One couldn't handle the pressure in perfection. The other person, bless you, couldn't handle it. I mean, the other one could handle it. So imagine Jesus. You see him. You, you just, you, you walking down. You walking past the garden. You see this man praying. You take your glasses off. You wipe your eyes. And you see blood coming down. There's a there's a, a medical situation. I forgot what it's called to the point to where if you reach a certain place of stress. You don't sweat sweat no more. You sweat blood. That means he was beyond dehydrated. That means he was. At, imagine like people don't understand. The significance of that moment. Do you know the Bible says Jesus was slain? Before the foundation of the world. Do you know, do you, could you imagine how many times he saw 
that moment. It wasn't like Jesus was like like <clears throat> uh, Abraham's son who didn't know he was about to be stabbed, you know, or, or, or sacrificed. Jesus knew what that was going to be. He probably was like, man, they're going to hit me like that. He in the garden, sweating drops of blood. His boys sleep. They say they beat that man so bad, man. I, when my baby girl grabs my beard and she goes like that, that thing hurt. <laughs> I'm like, ah, get off, get off, get off, get off. <laughs> Somehow I'm going to go like that. But, but that, the baby strength is strong, man. Baby, baby, grip. baby grip is strong. I said, girl, you're stronger than me. <laughs> you, you, pulling, you pulling the ancestors from Africa in that one grip. But they grabbed him by the beard, yanked it off of his face. They said they beat that man so bad, his face was so swole that he couldn't be recognized. You ever seen boxers get hit? Face swole and nobody putting the ice on it? They beat him so bad, one eye was closed, one eye barely open. They said they beat him so much, they, they got the cat of nine tails and they, and they rubbed the uh, cords through glass and nails and it got stuck to it because there was wax on it. And they beat him to the point to where when they hit him in his back, it wasn't like no little, you know how we got beat with a belt, the belt bounce off. Yeah. This goes into your skin and they yank it and you see flesh coming off a man's body. 39, was 30, 39 of them. They said if you would have, if he would have got, if you would have hit him 40 times, he's dead. And they're not just hitting like, oh, let me get some of that thigh meat. Oh, you thought you had hops? Let me get some of that calf. I saw you dunk on my boy. <laughs> Man, like they, they, was, they was probably hitting in the same. And what if it caught one of his face like that? So you yanking chick. People were saying, historians were saying a crucifixion is the most brutal way of death possible. To the point to where you watch this man carry a cross and you see. Imagine a part of his intestines hanging out the side. Imagine that we got to visualize it so we can see the, pay, the price that was paid. Then they said they, they didn't nail him in the hands. Nah, that, they didn't nail him in the hands. They nailed him right in between the wrist. These two bones. You know what's in your wrist right here? That nerve that goes across your chest. So every time you have to lift yourself up and you have excruciating pain going across your chest. And then when they're nailing you, they nail you in the feet, they mocking you. Imagine you being, you on your back like this, and they nailing you, and they calling you all kind of names. They calling you outside of your mama name, they calling you outside of your divine name, and then the whole time you have, you have to restrain. He looks to his left. He looked at my man's eyes. He's like, man, I was there for you at four years old. You remember when you almost drowned in the lake? That was me. I knew when you was born. I knew your secret conversation. Imagine him looking to the right saying, imagine you. Now, how many of us? Raise your hand. You say something about my mom. I'm coming off this cross. <laughs> Everybody. You, you, you say, say something about my mom. God, we're done. <laughs> 10,000 angels come down right now. Break the break. Pops, break the sky open. <laughs> and you see, you see, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we rolling up with horses. I think God coming with them suburbans. I, so imagine you look to the sky. 
Jesus. They ain't coming with no horses, man. Jesus, you know, you ever seen the, uh, <laughs> you ever seen uh, when the president come through? Yes, sir. And they had them black, them, them, them boys outside. Look, imagine going to the sky, the angel Gabriel got, got NF plan. <laughs> Gabriel got NF plan, like we ready for him. Because I don't think God come with no horse, that's outdated, man. But anyway, he probably gonna come with something that we ain't never seen before, them big tank tanks, you know what I'm saying? Many of us would have called our dad to come through for us, but he didn't. If he takes up that cross, it should be easy to take up our cross. But when you understand the significance of the warfare that we're in, you better take up the whole armor. Because if I don't take up the belt of truth, if I don't take up the breastplate of righteousness, if I don't take up these different things, then I can't survive anything. So what are you taking up today that's hindering you from taking up what you should take up? Hobbies, friendships, relationships, that's stealing your time from taking up the thing you should be taking up. There's coming a day in America where you should have took up shooting. You should have took taken up self-defense. You should have taken up stocking food. There's going to be a lot of people who was like, oh, Burger King, McDonald's, that's all. And you don't know how to farm? You better take up farming. <laughs> you better take up certain things because you're preparing for something. When you understand that there's an evil day coming to you, do you know the way you manage these days will determine how well you fare in the evil day? There's going to come a day where you're going to have to bury your mom. There's going to come a day we're going to have to bury your dad. There's going to come a day we're going to have to, you're going to have to go through something. There's going to, there, there may come a day you get a doctor's report. There's going to come a day <clears throat> when, your, when the love of your life leaves you. There's going to come an evil day. Do you know that your demons got calendars? <laughs> you, don't, you don't think your demons got a calendar? Okay, so what? So by, Do you know there's a date this summer that they've planned an evil day for you? And it may not be evil like kidnapping or human sex trafficking. It could just be destroying your purpose little by little. Could it be June 3rd? Could it be July 4th? Could it be August 10th? There's an evil day where that boy's going to be handsome and you're going to want to hand him some. There's going to be a young lady who's going to be, and hey, fellas, we all know, this is the time of the year. You better take up, you better take up the whole armor because them sundresses coming. I, even as a married man, I got to take it up. This, this, ain't, this ain't something that you just be like, oh, I'm good. Oh, my marriage is great. Nah, fam. You got to take up to make sure that when she's make, made up, you, I got a big wife at home. This is real. Because people assume, shh, people assume that I don't got to take up things. I got to take up my Bible every day just in case. Do you know how many marriages fail? Not on the day they argue with their husband or wife, but the days of resentment they allow to build up beyond that moment. And the devil knows, okay, oh, y'all arguing? Oh, hey, 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 they arguing. They arguing. Make her, and, and y'all know, ladies, y'all be going below the belt. Y'all just, y'all just be swinging. Y'all don't even care. And all of a sudden, <laughs> and some guys be ruthless. But that's why. I, oh, 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 oh! All right, all right. <laughs> you want to testify? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. The moral of the story is this: <laughs> take up the right things, so when a bad day come, you're prepared for it. Any questions, thoughts, comments? We're good. Are we done?